It took 25 years for Sebastian to become a pilot. Timing was not right when he started, but with perseverance he managed to be an instructor and to enjoy the profession of flying and teaching others. Sebastian Morel, thanks a lot for having me. This is the last part of a very long day. We flew together today, we had a big event, so now I'm interviewing you and we are in an airport, so your job is definitely related to this. You're a pilot. Please tell me how you got there. It's been a very interesting path, very rich, lots of experiences. It took me um, around 25 years to become a pilot. Between the first uh, license and the first uh, contract in a company. 25 years, that means you started your studies as a pilot 25 years ago. And what actually, what do you study? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the first step was a private pilot license in 1993, uh, when I was 17 years old, student. I intended to become a pilot. I wanted to become a pilot. But uh, life has been different. And uh, there were some crises, 9-11, petrol, financial um, crisis, all these waves of earthquake, uh, which uh, put aviation in very bad uh, conditions. So every time I was about to be ready to jump on the seat, it was no more good for the environment. I had to wait. Of course, when you when you become a pilot, you need to practice. You need to have a minimum amount of hours in order mm. to keep your license. So how did it juggle between these two? Though? So you, you needed to have a job to make a living and then also you needed to stay a pilot. So how did you work for the next years? I had the goal to uh, collect as much experience as possible for the day when I will be a pilot. <laughs> I said, okay, it has to be uh, one day it will happen. So uh, I had different jobs in uh, team building, air traffic control. I was manager in different uh, jobs. And uh, the goal was to have the most accurate experience available and useful for one day in a cockpit. But it was based on what I thought it would be interesting for a pilot job. What you thought, was it right? That's a good question. <laughs> I thought, uh, yeah, practice is very important, but resilience is very important too. And I didn't think that it would be so hard to become a pilot. Uh, we all have this picture of uh, the pilot in the airport with his suitcase and say, okay, hello girls, uh, I'm a pilot, let's go. <laughs> This is far from a reality actually. So it took me a long, long time and a lot of work to become a step-by-step -step private pilot, then professional pilot, then qualified with the instrument, then multi-engine, then, 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 you see, uh, when you have the uh, holidays and money, so you can spend everything in a course, then you wait two or three years for the next step. This is how it, it, uh, it happened until uh, 2018, when I got the first job in a company. 25 years. So I know uh, for a fact that uh, training as a pilot is very expensive. So how did you do it? And, and can you also tell me what is the first part of the training? What kind of subjects do you, do you learn and what is the practice about? Yeah, that's a, a good point. I started 30 years ago, so it was much less expensive to fly in these days. Mm. And I had the opportunity to fly a lot due to my parents who could pay for this first 
hours. Then I've been to England for the um, training because I wanted to save time and money and become a fluent English pilot from the beginning. So I did everything in England to uh, solve this issue of the language that French pilots have to practice everything in French, then move to English. I, I tried to um, optimize every penny, every euro, every and spend as, not I wouldn't say as less as possible, but the best way possible. And what do you learn? You have to be humble. It's not because you pay for training that you will succeed. So you have to pay and you have to work. And it's, uh, all these two points are very different but complementary. You can't do one without the other. This is aviation. You, according to me, you have to prove that you want to succeed. You have, you have to move forward by yourself. So you can become a, a paid pilot once you take the next step. So PPL is private pilot license. Mm. And then there is a CPL, right? Commercial mm. pilot license. So once you are reaching that step, how do you propose your your services to a company? Do you apply to many companies? Do you do you know jobs that take you as close as possible to becoming a pilot? What, what was your experience with this? You always can apply, but you will never have any answer with only a commercial pilot license. But what you can do, what I did myself, was parachute dropping. Because you don't get paid, but you don't pay anymore for the flying hours, uh -huh. which is a big difference. Mm -hmm. And you have an experience because uh, parachute dropping is um, under pressure. It's uh, demanding. So you have big days, you have to... Uh, Uh, guarantee the safety and everything, you are on your own in the aircraft. And these guys behind just want to jump at any time, any price, uh, any condition. And you have to say no sometimes. This is very good school for this. You have to know where you can go, where you have to stop. And I did this almost 250 flying hours in parachute dropping, which was a great experience. That's great. So you were shooting dropping parachuters and so you were not paid but you had to make a living right so what were you doing on the side that would allow you to earn your living I had a job at this time I was air traffic controller in the Air Force and uh, I have used my holidays to uh, do parachute dropping and weekends also so it was uh, optimization of time and uh, <laughs> all, the, all the means possible I had the job and I had to manage these uh, calendars. I had a family too. So uh, several days in one day. <laughs> Good school too. I bet. I mean, when we were flying, I, I could see how familiar you are and confident in, about um, radio communication. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, traffic control and what are the skills there that could be very interesting for our listeners? So... When you do the air traffic control, so you have to know the rules, which are the same as for the pilot, because the environment is the same. And you have to um, be able to catch what's going on. Time is a very high pressure in control. You have to find a solution for the pilot. He's in flight, you are on the ground, but you don't have time anyway. Uh, you have to find a solution, so you have to um, be creative, you have to uh, explain yourself and deal with this. 
and talk on the radio, even if it's an emergency. And this is something today which is useful, as we saw in the aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to being a pilot, uh, what is it that really attracts you to the job? Like, why do you really want to, to be a pilot? It's a print on me. When I was uh, nine, we flew from France to Réunion Island, which is near Mauritius in the uh, Indian Ocean. And we've moved there for, for uh, living. It was my first flight, it was a night flight, it was a Boeing 747 big aircraft, and in the night it was really quiet in the aircraft, and this big plane was in the night. It was amazing. I keep this atmosphere, you know, this feeling, and this day I said, uh, I decided to become a pilot from this day, and I never changed my opinion. That's a typical childhood dream that has come true, and it, it wasn't easy because it took you years, right? So that's so. What do you do now as a pilot? Today I'm an instructor. I guess it's the good time for this because uh, instructor, it's not only a technical job. You have to be a manager of the student. Uh, according to me, uh, this is what I think. You have to manage the uh, situation, manage the uh, student. He or she has to learn as best as possible. So uh, the instructor must manage everything around and uh, the workload also, safety, and how you transmit, how you help the student uh, reaching the goal of the flight. I really, really, I'm, I would say, uh, very impressed by this. I didn't think it would be so intense. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> When I think of the PPL, which is what I'm, I'm learning right now, so that's why I'm mostly uh, comfortable with, I do, I do see lots of theory and subject matters that can be difficult if you don't master, you know, mechanics or thermodynamics and physics and so forth. Do you think it's uh, becoming a pilot could be for everyone or is it, does it have to have a particular set of skills to start with in order to become a pilot? Lots of people think or believe that it's a technical profile. But I would say everything depends on how you learn it, in which condition, and what's your goal. If you want to be a leisure pilot for your own, it will be, anyway, it will be different from a professional uh, goal. So, yeah, some mechanics and all this stuff has to be have to be understood and and so on. But everything can be explained to me. It depends on how we do this, how and how we explain, how we illustrate. My way of working is the English way. How I learn the same way in England is very pragmatic. I didn't want to teach today as I uh, didn't want to learn academically. You see, a board, a book, you, you read, you learn, you understand, that's all. I prefer jump in the aircraft show the student how it works, how we do, and much more than anything else, let the student do its mistake and try and um, learn by himself. So guide him or her, but don't say, don't do this, don't do that, just try. Something that could be interesting for the listeners, what kind of mistakes, recurring mistakes do you see in students that start flying? The biggest mistake, I would say, is to do what you think uh, the instructor is waiting for you. I see. 
if you say, okay, uh, I think this instructor will uh, appreciate if I do this or do that, this is really wrong. Do what you think you should do, what you have to do. Do, do the job. It's, uh, in a way, put the brain in one side, all this brain, you see, human brain, and keep the technical and say, okay, I have to do this and that. And I had this problem for very long time I was always looking on the side and say okay what's the instructor is waiting for me and this is wrong this is really the best way to to put some more constraints on yourself mm. do the job as you think as you think you should do this I can completely re relate to what you just said because I also think, okay, what would my instructor think now if I did this or that? And it, I mean, it's it's not easy when you, when you start, that's for sure. Um, what's the major step or difference between becoming a private pilot and then a commercial pilot and then doing, you know, also a TPL to, to work on airlines? What would be the big gap according to you? According to me, the big gap is the commercial pressure. Because when you are pilot for yourself, you can accept some variations. You say, okay, we intend to take off at 10, it's 10.30, okay, it's not a big issue. When you're in commercial aviation, you have all this pressure. You must reach the uh, destination, you must take off on time, you must deal with passengers who are sometimes very difficult to, to manage we could say sometimes dangerous mm. and all this pressure and moreover you have you are a professional you are the pilot in command and if there are any trouble they will be for you all these pressures are very important but we can deal with this it's something we teach the students how to be professional how to uh, deal with all this situation We were touching a little bit on myths before. Do you have a myth about being a pilot that you can think of? The office is beautiful. So it's uh, a myth. We could say, yeah, the pilot is uh, sipping a coffee in the cruise and uh, just wait for the arrival. It's not true because actually the, a pilot has to think about all the whole picture. You have to have everything in mind and you have to always be ahead of the game. So when you see a pilot who is quiet, yeah, he's quiet because everything coming is set already. So it's a lot of work. That's great. And what's the best reaction of a pilot in case of emergency? Keep quiet and uh, think instead of uh, react. You see, think. There are some procedures. There are things you learn when you are a student. There are things you can, uh, uh, how could I say, you can detect. So keep heads on shoulders and deal with this as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the stress which is uh, added to the situation, I think it's uh, the worst uh, factor. Looking back at your time uh, being a pilot, a professional pilot, do you have an anecdote that you would like to share with us? Not much, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are too much anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting one is uh, the fact that you have to share a cockpit with somebody. So in the book, teamwork is good. It's great. We could be friends, but we are professional. 
this is uh, the good side of the of the job but when you have with uh, somebody who is uh, tired who is a uh, bad mood or anything and you have to deal with this it's something more with the, with the flight i have some anecdotes of uh, people who were like this you know a bear in their cockpit mm-hmm. and uh, this is how i can I, i try to don't do this myself because i saw this and i saw the effect on myself and how it's uh, very bad so uh, interesting experience because the cockpit is very small mm-hmm. <laughs> has there been a difficult time uh, in your professional life difficult time yeah yeah there are always difficult time when you have to accept that the aviation world is not in good condition and you have to uh, postpone your dream this is a, this is a bad time you have to accept that uh, you have to wait and uh, even if you did everything you could do as much as you could do and uh, money and uh, everything it's not the good time so you have to deal with this even if you are very angry or anything it won't change anything the aviation is not ready for you at this time you have to accept and uh, and wait in case there was an impediment to becoming a pilot because of you know any reason it could be a physical reason it could be a psychological reason or just bad timing what is the next closest thing to becoming a pilot that you can do while being you know still staying in an airport or working with pilots or uh, around the the experience of a pilot you mean if you can't reach the goal but so you know you won't re- reach anyway it's very hard because uh, i've been on the ground for years looking at, at pilots it was cool but at the same time it was frustrating mm-hmm. so i would if i was uh, if i were sorry if i were sure that it would never happen i would move somewhere else in mm-hmm. a different different world how did you know that it would work for you eventually i didn't know i i was uh, expecting i was uh yeah how do you say this hoping no yeah i was hoping yeah i was uh, definitely expecting and uh, believing. believing yeah i was believing and i still believe <laughs> what is a lesson that you've learned uh, from your career and from your you know personal history that um you benefit from today and then others could benefit from if they are thinking of a career in becoming a pilot the point about that is uh, keep going if you believe it uh, if you believe in it if you anyway uh, call this as you like if something in you says that you have to move forward move forward never give up work and uh, when you have any opportunity you see to meet somebody any opportunity to show how motivated you are is good so when you do training when you do a flight with an instructor or anything never say oh okay i know this flight will be easy i don't care uh, it's it's always it's already uh, done i know i'm uh, i'm arrived never give up do always as much as you can as best as you can as long as you can and uh, showed this motivation. And talking about things and in hindsight, what did you wish they told you about your job that you didn't know then? 
nothing. I would I would do the same. I would do the same and I would change nothing from all these paths. I would do the same because this path is driving me here today. So even if it has been difficult and frustrating because it was not the right time. Yeah, because today it makes things more intense. So uh, I appreciate more today what's happening than if it had been maybe 20 years ago. It would be more normal, you see. Yeah, it makes sense. I wanted to do this. It happened easy. Mm -hmm. Today I really appreciate this this life. And lastly, how do you see the career of a pilot changing in the future, you know, with all the new technologies, with new aircraft coming in, with the electric mobility. Do you think it's going to be a different job in in 20 years or 30 years or is there, the base going to be the same? Yeah, it will change for the technological part of the, of the game. It will change for sure. But the philosophy to me will uh, remain the same because uh, you are in charge of humans. So if, even if it's an uh, thermic or electric aircraft or GPS or whatever, you are in charge. So uh, as long as there will be human driving the aircraft, the job will keep this part. A life experience from Sebastian, who appreciates every bit of his life. You as a pilot are in charge of your life and your choices. You have questions for Sebastian, please let me know. And thank you, Seb, for sharing your experience with us.